Hi, this is Jeff Kober with Disney at Play and we are here early in the morning at the Magic Kingdom on the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. We're here to bring you a special video and podcast to commemorate this important day here in the Magic Kingdom. I'm coming to you this morning from this location because it was here in this very spot on the morning of October 1st, 1996 for the 25th anniversary. Only it wasn't daylight, it was entirely nighttime. It was 3.30 in the morning and I had a cameraman with me to go and record what we wanted to see as preparations being made for the 25th at the last moment, which included also preparations 
being made for um, Mickey's uh, Toontown Fair. That's the day they opened up Mickey's Toontown Fair. It had been the birthday land before and Starland, and they had redone it as Mickey's Toontown Fair. So we were here in the middle of the night to record everything going on. And I will tell you, I was the only person in the park as a cast member, but seemingly feeling like a guest observing. This entire street at 3.30 in the morning was completely empty. And all of a sudden, out of the train station down the way came a huge band. I want to say it was a band of about a thousand from different college universities and high schools all parading. They literally lined up both sides of the street all the way down Main Street to the hub. And then from the, through the center of it came 200, no, 100, I'm sorry, 100 Disney characters that lined up parallel all the way down the main portion of Main Street. And they did this big uh, show in the middle of Main Street and lined up and then, and, and it was 3.30 in the morning and they were practicing it for later in the morning. That event had Hillary Clinton as first lady um, in the White House and governor, I think it, I wanna say it was Governor Childs at the time, but the state governor, Michael Eisner was there and lots of other celebrities and people here for that 25th anniversary. It seems a little bit like the, you know, if, if you want to see the Christmas parade being filmed at Magic Kingdom, you don't come on Christmas Day. It used to be filmed on Christmas Day. Now it's filmed late November, early December. And it almost seems to me that they've kind of taken that same view. Last night, Bob Iger and Bob Chapek shared some remarks and sort of rededicated the park in an evening. Uh, moment in front of the castle right before the fireworks but I'm not sure what it looks like this morning all I know is that we got a lot of crowds we got a lot of people there's a lot of energy here in the park and people are excited to be part of the experience here at Walt Disney World it's a pretty exciting time Right, what we're looking at here is Josh tomorrow he's in the center of Main Street and a lot of folks wanting to take his photo with him in the middle of Main Street and uh, do a selfie with him and uh, so that's what's happening right here and uh, it's kind of become its own little meet-and-greet right here in the middle of the park so we're taking a look at that as it happens and uh, a lot of excited guests who know who Josh tomorrow is and who are excited to get a photo with him. We had a chance to run into some of the hostesses of the original Preview Center and have a chance to ask them a couple of questions. Let's listen in. Any particular memories with like Roy? That's cool. That's cool. You grew up. Yeah. Roy and Ed and his wife were lovely, lovely people. And very, 
very involved, but you would never know. So, so on the other side, any favorite memories of Dick Nunes? <laughs> All right, the laugh just kind of said that. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And Valerie Oberly, did you know Valerie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Valerie was my boss years ago when I was with Disney Institute or Disney University Professional Development Program. So, so very cool. No. I have heard of him, but he was kind of the early, early on of that, of that period. So. So great. Well, very cool. Thank you for, thank you for just letting me. No, these were the greatest girls. There. Oh, thank you. We were the original. We were the first fourteen. And did any of you come out from California, or did you? Were you all Florida root? No, I came. So, were you working at Disneyland? Were you working guest relations at Disneyland? I was a tour guide at the Ah, and when did you start that? So you saw Walt on Main Street. So that was a different era. That was a different era. But this, so was Walt Disney World in the beginning, right? In the beginning, yeah. Uh, it was very much like an extension yeah. of California. Yeah. It wasn't a big company yet. No. Yeah, it was family. Yeah, it was very family. It was family. And we found just the right 14 girls. <laughs> very cool. As you can see, there has been a lot of press covering this event. And a few celebrities, although I don't recognize any right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, a lot of press has been covering this event for the 50th. Okay. At the center of this crowd right here, is Jeff Valley, who is responsible for all of Walt Disney World. We're going to get a chance, uh, despite all the crowds, to ask him a question or two. Here we go. Jeff, can I ask you, what was your earliest memory of working here at Walt Disney World? You know, I worked up above Tony's Town Square restaurant, and I was in the maintenance engineering department, and I remember hearing the parade come by every day at 3 p.m. That is magical. very cool. It's How many great. years ago was that for you? 31 years ago. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. you Good to, thank you so much, thank Jeff. You. Again, that was Jeff Valley, who's head of Walt Disney World, and uh, shared a little moment of his early beginnings here at Walt Disney World. So. Very exciting and uh, really a nice guy. Cinderella Castle has been here since day one, but so have a lot of other attractions in this Magic Kingdom. Let's go to the different lands and check out which attractions were here on opening day that are still here today. So there was no uh, attractions in Tomorrowland on opening day, except for really two, maybe three, um, but of, of those that have survived, only one. And that one is the Tomorrowland Speedway. It, uh, it was an opening day attraction. Back then there was the Skyway that came over it, paying homage to the Skyway. But um, back then, 
most of this area that you see here was largely boarded up and unavailable to even pass by. There was no astral orbiter, no people mover, no carousel of progress, and certainly no Space Mountain back in those early days. If you wanted a Tomorrowland experience, you came to Tomorrowland Speedway. And from here, you could actually get a pretty good view of the, uh, of the uh, Contemporary Resort. It sat out and you could see it and a bunch of construction trailers on opening day. And uh, the restrooms that are over here on the backside of Tomorrowland, those restrooms actually were the bottom floor of what was the Skyway back then. So it was a very different, very different time period. Here is an attraction that was here on opening day, the Mad Tea Party. It was the focal point for guests coming down from the central hub down this main path. And it was very clear to see the teacups at the end, although it was very different back then because it had no roof on it. That roof was added after uh, a summer of good solid rain where they learned that uh, there was no way to operate this attraction if there wasn't an actual uh, covering over it. So they added the covering and uh, the rest is history. But it is one of the opening day attractions for Walt Disney World. You could believe that elephants fly in 1971 because there was a Dumbo back then on opening day. There was only one spinner and it was only, it was in an entirely different location near where the gates are to the Fantasyland forest back then. It has been moved over here to Storybook Circus. Storybook Circus and its forerunners of uh, Mickey, uh, Toontown Fair and Mickey Starland and Mickey's Birthday Land. None of this was here. It was completely grassy. The only thing in this area was a Skyway station that turned the Skyway around and led you over to Tomorrowland or over to Fantasyland, depending on which way you had boarded the Skyway. So this is a very, very different addition that has been made uh, since. I credit Jim Hill on a previous podcast for making this connection. We see a couple of workers laboring on Tron. It had been my hope that this attraction opened today as part of the celebration. I think in their minds that was the original idea, um, though it was never announced. And certainly COVID made that change. But the comment that Jim had made on his podcast was that uh, the original Walt Disney World was built in less time than Tron has been under construction, which is a staggering thought when you realize that uh, Walt Disney World required building out uh, an entire lake in front of it, piling the dirt up, building utilidors, building an infrastructure, building a, uh, an electrical grid building out trash and all sorts of systems and not to mention all the rides and attractions and castles it is astonishing that so much time has gone on 
The Walt Disney World Railroad is an opening day attraction, though it has not ran for nearly the same number of years as construction. So that has been very disappointing. This station, by the way, was not here when Walt Disney World originally opened back in 1971. This was a much later add-on that came when Mickey's Toontown opened up back in 88. Cinderella's Golden Carousel is not only an opening day attraction, it's the oldest attraction in the park. It's the oldest because it is over a hundred years ago built for the by the Philadelphia Toboggan Company in the early 1900s. These are actual wooden horses, almost all of them except for some fiberglass backups. They are lovingly uh, crafted and given uh, their uh, color and they are beautiful horses and such a huge part of what is the Magic Kingdom. It's a Small World was a big opening day attraction. When you stepped inside, it did not look like this, not just because they have painted it for the 50 in bright colors, which looks really beautiful, but because it was a totally different uh, design. It was just simply a big wall mural with, uh, with children suggesting uh, what was going to be inside the attraction. But it was, um, it was an opening day attraction, as was Peter Pan's flight, which uh, was the only dark ride that really lasted. Mr. Toad's and Snow White's Scary Adventures. I don't think it was called Scary Adventures. I think it was called Snow White's Adventures at the time. Those have long since gone as dark rides, but Peter Pan has stayed vibrant and alive during all those years. I should also mention that restaurants like Pinocchio's Village House and the Harbor House, these are also attractions, not attractions, but they are facilities that have been with us since opening day. Meanwhile, across the way is this tangled restroom set. This was not here originally. What was here was a skyway. The Fantasyland Skyway was what was at the heart of this little corner of Fantasyland so many years ago. Of course, the Haunted Mansion was an opening day attraction, um, but it was also probably the first completed attraction, not this outside facade, but the show building behind it was completed well in advance because all of the animatronics and props and figures and everything was built at the same time Disneyland's was built in 1969 for their opening. They of course opened a couple of years earlier than the Magic Kingdom, but this attraction was completed uh, much in advance and, uh, and sat waiting for the rest of the park to catch up. Give me some riverboat. This is definitely a big attraction, which opened in 1971 at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, in the earliest years, I believe it was the other, there were two ships built, but um, this one actually came a year or two after the original one. It had a double boiler at the top, double stack at the top. This had a single stack to kind of differentiate them. Unfortunately, a accident, uh, caused the loss of that ship uh, several years later and they never did replace it with the second one. Really only one is needed 
along the riverfront, but still the experience of going on a riverboat, that was all part of opening day at Magic Kingdom. I should also note that behind it, Tom Sawyer Island was not an opening day attraction, but it was one of the first attractions built not long after um, the Magic Kingdom opened. Here is an important attraction that's been here since 1971. It is the Hall of Presidents. It came at a time when Richard M. Nixon was president and the most recent of all the presidents in the hall. It certainly uh, evolved over time as new presidents have come and gone. And it's a big part of what makes the Magic Kingdom so unique. This is an attraction you don't get anywhere else. Folks are lined up right here in Liberty Square waiting for the character Calvicade to come down the street. Even if you can't see it on this podcast, you can at least hear the magic and this new song as part of the 50th anniversary. night uh, before park opening the next day. Um, 
when Tokyo Disney was built, they came up with an infrared system and they adapted it to the other parks since. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those original fun attractions. So what time? So what time did you guys arrive here today? About six fifteen. Six fifteen, and Main yes. Street was open. Main yes. Street was open. They opened at six twenty. Let everybody in through the gates. Wow. And everything, all the shops and stuff. There were huge lines for like Starbucks and to get in the Emporium, and everybody was shopping and getting pictures taken on Main Street. Wow, you got in and then you got on Splash and Thunder with only 20 minute waits? Yes, sir. Very cool. And they are going on all the original opening day attractions. That's our goal. Plus Thunder and Splash. Right, of course. <laughs> so, this is our, my good friends, the Wilsons, not to be confused with my good friends, the Williams. I have all my good friends are in the W's. So, because everybody before W has left. Um, <laughs> at any rate, well, cool, very cool. I hope you have a great day here. You too. On the 50th. The end of the road in Frontierland back in the day, even though Pecos Bills was a little beyond it, there was no big Thunder Mountain, there was no Splash Mountain. So the big attraction at the end was the Country Bear Jamboree, well accepted by opening day crowds and thereafter long lines to get into this theater attraction. So popular that when Disneyland went to build one a year or so later, they actually created two theaters for this attraction. It was so popular. There is a huge line for these pins, and people are waiting all day to grab. It's a limited edition set, which appears to show original attractions from park openings, such as Mickey Mouse Review, Tropical Serenade, Peter Pan's Flight, The Jungle Cruise, Small World, Hall of Presidents, even The Skyway. Very cool. The Enchanted Tiki Room was an opening day attraction, but it wasn't called The Enchanted Tiki Room. It was called Tropical Serenade. And while it was the same show essentially that you see today, it was a part of what was the Sunshine Pavilion which added Aloha Isle refreshments, but it was all sponsored at that time by Florida Citrus Growers and featured the incomparable Orange Bird. Guests have been coming to the Jungle Cruise landing since 1971. Definitely a big opening day attraction. Very popular and different than Disneyland's in that it had an indoor temple and um, an assortment of experiences that were uh, similar to Disneyland's, but put into a different order. Notwithstanding, the Jungle Cruise has always remained a popular attraction since day. When the Magic Kingdom opened in 1971, you could see the top part of the Swiss Family Treehouse from the Seven Seas Lagoon. It stood out that much at that time. Since then, the jungle is well grown around it but it is still a popular attraction to go seek out when uh, looking for that quiet little moment here at the Magic Kingdom. So I decided to simplify my dining needs today by simply doing a simple order at Friar's Nook. The end result of that has been, I've waited over 35 minutes and they're telling me I need to come back in 15 or 20 before they'll push the order forward to have it addressed. 
Another lady said she had been waiting over an hour and 15 minutes for her order. And this is just pickup at Friars Nook. This is a mess. And uh, I don't think it's any better at any other counter service restaurant here at the Magic Kingdom. That's how big the crowds are. And that's how inefficiently Unfortunately, the mobile order system is working for guests today. So I'm finishing this podcast here at Disney's Polynesian Village, where we have met with the Zanolas to get a little bit of lunch and to have a little bit more sanity from what was happening there at the Magic Kingdom. And uh, it's great to be at the Polynesian now that all the finishes have been done to the monorail station. The landscaping is beautiful and looks terrific. And uh, looking forward to getting back to the Magic Kingdom this evening for the fireworks and for much more of this 50th anniversary. So stay tuned. We have lots more to come.